What's up, guys? And welcome to another edition of the Sports Sports Podcast. I'm Aiden Broderick, tripping over my words already, and I'm joined as always by our co-host Jack Coleman. How you doing, there, Jack? I'm pretty good. A lot going on in the sports world today, so I'm very excited to get into some of these topics, and mm. especially football uh, with the trade deadline and everything going yeah. on. There's a lot of talk today, so very, very ready to get going. Yeah, for sure. So we'll get into that. Um, Honestly, if you want to kick us off, but first, a little bit of what we do here. If you're new to the show, we have a couple of segments now, but what we've based the show off of is a quotes game where one of us has a quote from one of the major sports, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, you name it. And what the other host would have to do after hearing that quote is guess who said it and what it's about, basically. So there's points at hand here, uh, points at stake, and we'll... See who's the winner today. We haven't really uh, haven't really been keeping track of who's won these uh, editions, huh? You know, it's a, it's a clean slate. Maybe we should uh, look into that today. But, Jeff, if you want to start with your first topic, uh, go to work. All right, well, I'm going to be talking all football tonight. So I'm going to get right into it with my first quote. And this is, well, I can't tell you who this is, but... Mm-hmm. Blank has put in a lot of extra time these first eight weeks, like any backup quarterback does. Everything I've seen from him shows us that he can handle it. Um, I have to think. Actually, you mind repeating it? Blank has put in a lot of extra time these yeah. first eight weeks, like any backup quarterback does. Everything I've seen from him shows us that he can handle it. Oh, man. Okay. All right. First gut. This isn't my answer was it would be about Teddy Bridgewater and, like, how Drew Brees was coming back. I don't think that's it, though, because they called him a backup for eight weeks and that he can handle it. Who are the quarterbacks coming in now? I mean, Andy Dalton just got benched. Joe Flacco's hurt and uh, has a replacement coming in. That's tough. I'm going to say it's about Ryan Finley and Andy Dalton's the one saying it. That's correct. Uh, Yeah. So news came out today that Andy Dalton was not going to be starting for this week for the Bengals. And the Bengals have struggled in arguably one of the worst ways possible. Same with the Dolphins, but we'll get to them later, I'm sure. Yeah, so Finley instead, the Wolfpack NC State quarterback, is going to be playing for the Bengals. Yeah, and I have no idea what to expect, really. Um First of all, the actual benching is kind of interesting because they're, what, 0-7, 0-8? I mean, I think it's 0-7. Um, they're winless, and they clearly need a change, and I think this spells the end of Andy Dalton's Bengals career. I think he finds a job as a backup elsewhere, kind of a Fitzpatrick role. But in terms of the Bengals, I mean, they're turning it over to a guy that they just kind of took a flyer on. This is not a Drew Locke, who's a second-rounder, or... More importantly, maybe like a Daniel Jones or Dwayne Haskins, a guy that a lot of draft value is invested in. Um, this is a guy who they kind of just took a flyer on, and he's fallen into a role where the dude's going to see some starter action. I mean, and so is Brandon Allen for the Broncos, who somehow is starting over Drew Locke, which we can get to later. But in terms of this, do you have any clue what to expect? I, I'm kind of confused. Well, with all the hype of Trevor Lawrence and all the hype of Daniel Jones coming out of the ACC, I want to see another ACC quarterback get a start, see how he does. I think it's great for the conference and being at BC and part of the ACC. I think it's really big. True. Looking ahead, though, I mean, Andy Dolan should have been gone a long time ago. That 
Ron Weasley-esque <laughs> ginger dude has got to go. He has never really been anything extraordinary. He's had a couple good seasons here and there, but nothing that made me think, like, this is my franchise guy. I need to keep him around. I was say, he does not have the look of a franchise Exactly. You've wasted your time with A.J. Green and him. Tyler Eifert's always injured, and even when he's there, he's never getting it done with Andy Dalton. Something needed to change. And you still have Joe Mixon. He's a solid running back. Maybe you trade him and get some value and build up. But the Bengals needed to blow this system up. I don't know if Finley is their guy. I guess now is the right time to be figuring that out. Because others, otherwise, Andy Dalton just needs to go. Andy Dalton is awful. Is it a contract year? Because um, if it is, I mean, this is kind of a fine move. And if it's not then I don't know what the Bengals are doing. Because, sure, there are teams that need quarterbacks now. And, I mean, the trade deadline has officially passed. Kind of crazy that teams like the Bears passed on the chance of getting a quarterback. But this was a like, very sudden decision to bench Dalton. And I don't think there's enough time for talks between a team like the Bears and then the Bengals to even start, you know. But it's interesting. If, if Dalton's contract is not expiring, and I'm going to look at that in a sec, then this is a really head-scratcher kind of thing. I, I don't know. I, I'm still a little stunned because as much as a change was needed, Dalton, I, I don't know if that's what I was expecting to see. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I was expecting a quarterback change coming out of Chicago as opposed to the Bengals. I mean, yes, I just absolutely ripped apart Andy Dalton, but <laughs> yes, he needs to be gone. But I'd there's a bigger him. quarterback yeah. problem in Chicago than Cincinnati. Yep. And even though they have the much worse record, I still think Mitch Trubisky. It's and if you haven't tuned into our sports, if you didn't tune into our Sports Saturday on FM radio on WZBC, I absolutely ripped apart Mitch Trubisky, and rightfully so because the man is trash. And the fact that the Bears didn't make any sort of move whatsoever to fix this season, this awful season for them, because of Mitch Trubisky, it's an absolute shame. Um. Yeah. I mean, I. Maybe a hot take. I don't really think it is. But this Bears defense isn't that number one squad that it was last year. And I don't really know what the change is. I know Akeem Hicks has been hurt. uh, So maybe that's the issue. But they're not the best in the league anymore. I think the Pats take that title for now. But yeah, I mean, this is a team that should be carried to the playoffs by their defense, no doubt. And the fact that that's not even going to happen at this pace, it's sad. I mean, you just lost to a defeated Chargers team who... I didn't think they were ever going to win. And uh, somehow, (laughs) you know, Rivers finally pulls off a fourth quarter comeback and the Bears once again lose by having a field goal bouncing off the right goalpost. It it was rough. You don't want to see that, obviously, for any team. And it sucks that it was for the Bears. But, yeah, I think they needed a quarterback change more than the Bengals did as well. I I don't think – I don't know, though. here's, Here's a big difference, though. Dalton has been benched for a rookie quarterback. If you're benching Mitch Trubisky, who's in his third year, you're putting in a career backup, um, and I'm blanking it, Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel, yeah. Who's great uh, at his job as a backup. But as we've seen already, because he's come in to start when Trubisky is hurt. I already think I'm taking Chase Daniel over Mitch Trubisky. But I, the results yeah. didn't really change. You know? Yeah, but I mean, there's these times when the backup guy goes in and for a couple of games gets a hot streak, and that might be just what this team needs. A little bit of Fitz Magic-esque hot streak by a backup quarterback. Get your team rolling, get the defense rolling, and hopefully you can ride into the playoffs. I mean, that's why the trade was necessary today. They should have made a move for Cam Newton or, you know, 
I don't even know. Even even Eli Manning, if they offered him, just an offer, man. Like I don't understand how we heard nothing from the Bears today, and Trubisky is still starting this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's absurd. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> the Bears. I just feel bad for that franchise, and you know we've tried to console our roommate Dan, who's from Chicago, uh, on plenty of occasions. So hopefully. Uh, Hopefully some kind of change happens. I feel bad. And, yeah, <laughs> I don't really know what more to say there. Just in terms of Dalton's replacement, Finley, do you expect them to well, have a change of fate? You know? That's what I was just looking up right now. I kind of wanted to see. I forgot who they were playing this weekend. Um, who do they play this weekend? Great question. <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out. Um, let's see. They play. They play the Ravens. So, yeah, I don't know. That Ravens squad is pretty legit. Putting a rookie quarterback out there against them, you know, that's the times when maybe it does work out. You throw in the guy, put him in. It's a tough comp, but now if this is their guy that they you know drafted or whatever, like, do they ride out the season with him and just let him play games? Like, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's just a bad position to be in in football when that's you're true. completely defeated, and you don't have a quarterback to really go to, and your backup guy isn't one of the heavily touted backups or rookie quarterbacks coming out of the draft. I think they must be on a bye week. They are. They're on a bye week because they'll they're play the bye? Ravens week nine. Oh, okay. uh, so Ravens play New England this week, which is a matchup to look out for. That's right. But okay. yeah, so this is interesting. He's going to get an extra week to learn the playbook a little better and get ready to you know practicing with the first team. And then we'll see how he does against the Ravens. But I would say if you're in a league where the Ravens are available as a defense for fantasy, stream them immediately. And maybe stream every team playing the Bengals because I, yeah. I, I don't really trust Finley. We'll see, though. All right. So for my first quote, also NFL. At the end of the week last week, <laughs> at the end of the week last week, I sat down with the coach and, G, uh, and GM and told them I want to be here. I was told yesterday my, by my agent that the GM then went behind my back and shot me around to teams even after I asked him to keep me here. Yeah, this was Adams, right, on the Jets? Yep, Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams. Um, and I don't need you to name anybody, but Adam Gase, Gase the coach. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was the GM too. I forget who the GM is, but regardless. It's just awful over there. Talk, talk to me about the Jets organization. The, the Jets are a, tr- <laughs> a complete disrespect to New York football. There's a reason why it's New York Giants football and not New York Jets football. There's a big difference because the Giants are an incredible organization. They take care of their guys. They're willing to not screw them over in no circumstance that we have had recently. As much as Odell hated us and did not like the team, we sent him to a team with his best friend, a young quarterback, and a chance to prove himself. Mm-hmm. And he was more than happy to go. We have not heard a single complaint from Odell about being sent to Cleveland. Maybe now we'll be hearing that because Cleveland's been awful. True. But no, the Giants take care of their guys. It was instilled back from Parcells and even Coughlin. And now Shermer, I guess, is doing the same. We take care of our guys. We make sure that they're good, honest guys representative of the New York media, just like how the Yankees are. You know, they have that persona about them being clean-cut, clean-shaven, top of the, you know, the, the, the playing field. <laughs> yeah. I completely forgot what I was Maybe. saying. But in regard to the Jets, yeah. Jets are just 
awful. They have not made a single coherent trade <laughs> or pick, really. I mean, Darnold, sure. Um, Le'Veon wasn't even working out. There was talk of Le'Veon today potentially being traded. Yeah. It's, it's an awful organization to be a part of. We talk about sending the Jaguars to London. Mm-hmm. Send the Jets because I think everyone would much rather, and I think Jets fans included because they should be fed up with this team. Yeah. Would much rather be Giants fans than be Jets fans and send the Jets over to London somewhere. Hey, my brother made a great decision a couple weeks ago. He lives with all Giants fans of Providence, and he said, why have I been supporting the Jets my whole life? I mean, he was never a big NFL fan, so I let him I let him have it. And not let him – let him have it sounds like I got mad at him. This is the opposite. I was like, yes, you can totally join the Giants fans because – we're not doing so hot right now either, but at least we have a competent front office and Gettleman for like all the moves that you can question. They some work out. I mean, the, for the Jets, did Darnold? Darnold was the pick you were supposed to make there. I I won't question that. Mm. But otherwise, I mean, it's crazy to think that even the Le'Veon Bell signing, which I thought was a great move, backfired, and so many other things have backfired. And now Jamal Adams, who I'd say was their one pick that they really hit on is now probably wants out. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, Jamal Adams wants out. I'm sure Le'Veon was not happy with the way things went down today, unless he requested some sort of trade, which I wouldn't put it past him, and he'll be rapping about it tomorrow at some point. But, man, I I don't know. I don't know. The, the Jets organization, I have family members that are Jets fans, and I know for years they've struggled with being fans, mm-hmm. and it's awful. Look at the quick... Fairly quick turnaround of the Giants team where you got your quarterback, you have a stud running back in Saquon, you got these good offensive pieces, you gradually are building up this line, it's getting better, and yes, we trade away a bit of the defense, but there's hope and promise in the future, and now we can focus on the defense as opposed to worrying about our offense and defense as we had been. Now it's like, I don't know. I don't know. The the Giants did that within like two, three years, and the Jets took – <laughs> the Jets have been bad as long as yeah. I can remember, frankly. Well, I, yes. I mean, they had, to be fair, they somehow, during the Rex Ryan, Mark Sanchez era, they made it to two AFC championships. Which is absurd. Crazy to think about. And also, to play devil's advocate, even though I'm also a Giants fan, we've been struggling ever since our second Super Bowl. I mean, fourth total, but the second Super Bowl against the Pats. And sure, we've made it to the playoffs. Sure, we've had stars like Odell and better teams than the Jets have had. But, you know, we we can't say we've won any more big games than the Jets have. So, with all that being said, I completely agree with you that the Jets are a terrible organization that needs to either overhaul all of it, maybe the owner should be forced to sell the team because it starts at the top. And I don't know. I mean, there's just something missing. I don't know if it's coaching because I never thought Adam Gase was a great hire. Um, I I don't know what it is. But regardless, they got to figure it out. Yeah, I... I don't know, and this just sets them back even more so with Jamal Adams being out. I, it's just awful. It's a bad organization. Yeah, um, I think we can leave that one there and move on to our third topic of the day. Uh, one apiece right now, if you're scoring at home, we're going to try to keep that consistent for today. Uh, let's see. All right, so this was a pre-deadline quote, but I want you to name the team and the player they were going after. Okay. Blank are among the teams that have shown the most interest in blank. Not sure if they will oh. relax the price enough to trade him. That's it? That's it, but... Oh, man. I think 
Like th- this was like a uh, there's like two potential teams I think you could you should be thinking of here. I mean, I'm not thinking of any teams considering I don't know who the player is right now. Um, can I get the position of the tight player? end? Tight end. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh. Okay. I, I I'm this is my only reason for this guess is that you were predicting this move the whole time. And it's that the Patriots were among the teams interested in Tyler Eifert. Yes. And I'm a little upset that this didn't happen. Well, I I stand correct that. Mm-hmm. I'm not upset because I think that Pats fans, literally any move that is made with the Pats, they have the comfort of knowing that it was the right move. Because every single time there's a move, it pays off leaps and bounds ahead of other big major moves that other teams may make. The Pats can go into a guy, want him like crazy and go after him. The team demands more than they want to give. They back away. Pats fans are like, oh, it's cool. This will work out in the long run. And it does. They keep their draft picks (laughs) and get the better picks anyway. Yeah. Or they get the guy for the right price that the Pats are willing to give up. And it's the perfect pickup. It it instantly works in their system. And they instantly, potentially and most likely, (laughs) end up being the Super Bowl MVP (laughs) or have a crucial play in the Super Bowl where I can literally already hear the announcers millions of times that that I've heard it where they've been like, and they picked him up just this year or just in the offseason. And it's always the Pats. It's always the Pats that make these moves. So I thought Eifert would work out because to me it sounded like a Pats move. You know, like a guy that was slightly washed up, not necessarily, I'm not calling Eifert washed up, but a guy that lost some of his clout, who lost some of the respect he had for his position. He's not the top guy anymore. Obviously, he's had his injuries, but not the top guy anymore. He's not working in a system, and he still has that chance of being good on a good team. That's where the Pats slide in, and you always hear these kind of names. So I thought Eifert was a no-brainer, and the Pats have been struggling at that tight end position without Gronk this year, obviously. It'd be nice to bring in Eifert, lock down Brady, another receiving target for the Super Bowl. Mm. It didn't happen, (laughs) and I thought maybe even A.J. Green could potentially happen. I thought Eifert was more likely, but I don't know. Now the Pats are locked in and set. We've been talking about how they are most likely this Super Bowl team and should be on track, let's say, now to win it. They're locked in with their team essentially. So what? What's the road from here? Is it? I mean, the road from here for the Pats is just going undefeated and winning every game on their easy schedule. I mean, the 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 first step of that is beating the Ravens. So I think maybe you have the best. That chance. might be the only that game and Other then than, the Bills. Oh yeah, the Bills. The, I think the Bills. The Bills, is Bills a good game. barely lost, but it was at home, and they weren't even able to pull it off there. You're gonna be in. New England, we've talked about this before. I think that's a swing of, like, two touchdowns. Yeah. But the other one that I think is huge is the Chiefs game, depending on if Mahomes is back. So we'll see how that goes. Regardless, otherwise, it is a cakewalk of a schedule, and I think they can I, – I think their floor right now is, like, 14-2. and two. I, I honestly don't see them being worse than that heading into the playoffs. That's not to say I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. You know, we had our predictions on here earlier, and while we both said the Pats have a pretty good shot at making it all the way – I said it could be the Chiefs who win it all if Mahomes comes back healthy. So I think Packers are on a, a roll, too, and yeah. have a much more competent quarterback right now. I think yeah. Aaron Rodgers is 
showing why he could potentially be better than Brady this season because he's up there in age two and he's still looking very, very sharp. That's true. So regardless, I still see the Pats having the best record in the NFL when the regular season is all wrapped up. Um, But (laughs) they have no other moves to make. I mean, it's just to address injuries. And right now, you got to figure out what's going on with Josh Gordon. They're probably going to waive him and someone's going to sign him. Um, And then you've got to figure out, well, you don't really have much to figure out otherwise. It's just to see if Nikhil Harry's ready to come back from injury. Um, And I think he might be soon that Josh Gordon releases. And they brought in Mohamed Sanu. They brought in Sanu. No issue there with uh, what happened to Gordon. They'll be fine. So So the receiving targets with Harry back, essentially their top three would be Edelman, Sanu, Harry. Harry. And And I like that. Phil Dorsett as well. Uh, I like that. I mean, that's a good receiving core. It's all Brady needs. It's uh, all Brady needs and more, honestly. Um, You know what they should have done? They should have tried and land. they should have tried to land one of the Colts rece- or tight ends, whether it's Doyle or um, I'm drawing a blank. Jack Doyle uh, or Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron. Sorry, I was I was distracted because I think you got to pull the mic in a little more. I think it's just mine's coming in a little better here. Yeah, try that. Good. <laughs> yeah. Can you hear me? Looks a lot better. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, Doyle or Ebron could have easily headed towards the. Yeah, pass. right. Like, and I feel like because they're not, neither one of them is really that main tight end for that team. I think the Colts love the twin tight end. Yeah, uh, and definitely. But if you can get like some picks out of it or something from the Pats, mm. you know, I think that the Pats actually mismanaged the Josh Gordon situation. We like nothing was going necessarily wrong with that. Why don't you wait till the trade deadline? Throw him in as a trade piece if you're going to release him anyway. Yeah, it was weird. You know? I, they, I don't Unless even know what they went know wrong. something, but it didn't seem like like he it, said he can play in two weeks. I, it's that was weird. Yeah. That was very un Pats like. I think it was pretty Pats like. What no. about what's his name in the Super Bowl? Was it uh, Butler? Was it Butler that got benched? Yeah, was it that got benched? Yeah, 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 Butler? yeah. But yeah. that's not what I'm thinking here. I'm thinking like. The Pats would do this if they thought something was wrong and they would just swiftly get rid of him. But they put him on IR and they thought his season was over. And I think that was, like, he literally said he could play in two weeks' time. And, like, you wouldn't put someone on yeah. IR if he was going to get suspended. You would cut him. I, I don't know what that's about. We'll, we'll have to see there. Head scratcher. But otherwise, if that's the only issue the Pats have right now, then they're on the way to the playoffs. <laughs> on the way to a first-round bye for sure. All right. This is a fun quote here. Um, you're gonna tell me who said it and what it's about. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna try to do his voice, but that might be a clue. All right, it makes no sense. Um, they weren't signing the guy. They got two draft picks. He's going to be a free agent. Why are you giving up two picks to get him? And you still got to pay him. Why are you? What are you renting him for? For uh, what are you renting him for the second half on a team that's two and six? It just shows you again, one step one way, another step another way. One day they're trading players, the next day they're trading for players at two and six and giving up draft picks. Blah, 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 blah. Was this about uh, Tlaib to the Dolphins? No. But the Dolphins are Dolphins are defeated. winless. Yeah. Um, let me try and think of two and six teams. I'll give you a second. Who's two and six? Don't think so hard. Oh, was this the Broncos? No. I'll give you one are more Broncos guess. Broncos two and six? Broncos might be like one and seven, honestly. Really? Okay. Even don't even think that hard. Wait, I. 
Say the first part again. Uh, it makes no sense. Um, to, 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 they weren't signing the guy that's talking about the team that traded this player away. They got two draft picks. He's going to be a free agent. Why are you giving up two picks to get him? And you still got to pay him. I literally can't think of a 2-6 and six team right now. Well, the 2-6 and six team you're missing is our very own New York Giants. Who did we... We got Leonard Williams. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, a yeah. former sixth overall pick by the Jets. And he gets traded to us for a current three and a future five, which can become a future four if the Giants re-sign him before the end of the season. Um, which basically means if we want to keep this guy long-term and get our value, we're going to have to give that because we should be re-signing him. Yeah. It's a head-scratcher. And the person who said it, obviously, now that you know who's, now that you know the topic was, do you, do you think you know who said it? Was it, wait, his voice? It's not It's not a person from the team, obviously. This was someone else? Guy was ranting, yeah. There's like two people I think you should be thinking of. I know, of. and yeah. I, those are the two I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh, is it a coach or player? No, 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 no. No, it's a personality. Oh. There's, there's like two is, personalities I think you're thinking okay. of. Is it Stephen A? It's the other one. Tell me you know who it is. Wait, wait, who am I thinking of then? It's Stephen A or not on ESPN. This dude's on the fan. <laughs> oh, oh my God. What's his name? Mike Francis. Mike Francis. <laughs> oh God. Really wanted to I was, see for get some something. Reason, well, all right. So I was thrown off by <laughs> multiple things there. First it was a lot. It was, it was the big. The two and six threw me. Okay. I just, I thought for that was some clear, reason, was yeah. like not thinking of the Giants with that. Mm. And I also thought we had three wins for some reason. Nope. Um, <laughs> And then also the voice thing, I literally, like, the two voices that I think of, and it wasn't, like, personality voices, was, like, Mahomes or, like, Gruden, but, like, I was mainly thinking Mahomes, and I was interesting, like, interesting. why would Mahomes Oh, okay, so that, yeah, 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 okay. No, <laughs> it was about the Giants picking up Leonard Williams, who, the rundown on him is he's a former all-pro defensive tackle, or pro bowler, or whatever you call it, um, and... He's a talent. I mean, the dude was drafted sixth overall, but he's been very quiet since that All-Pro season, which was 2016, his second year. And since then, he's just kind of been invisible is how Jets fans were describing the player. The Giants get him for a third and a fifth, which is a, a good amount of value for a guy who's only going to play eight games for you, guaranteed. So we're going to have to see what comes of that. And if they re-sign him, you know, they have to give up a better pick and pay the guy like Francesa was stressing. So it's a head-scratcher move, especially for a defensive tackle when that's the only strength of this team. You know, you have B.J. Hill, you have Dalvin Tomlinson. You're, you're looking to find the next snacks. I get it. I mean, that was the last time we moved for a defensive tackle that used to play for the Jets. But I don't really know if this is it. And, I mean, I hope so. I hope we get to see something good from him this week when I think we play the Cowboys at home. But honestly, I'm not expecting much because I don't see where he's going to play in this logjam. We have Dexter Lawrence, too. I didn't even mention Dexter yeah. Lawrence. So I don't get why we have four starting caliber defensive tackles now when you can only really have two on a 4-3 defense. Unless you want to play four defensive tackles on the <laughs> on the line and not have any edge rush, which is just stupid. Or, you know, we could have had starters elsewhere on the defense. and Or we could have just not traded for this guy and tried to trade away players, which I think they were shopping and we didn't have much to move, to be fair. But nothing really came of this deadline. And while I was uh, 
happy with this move at first and really excited to have a guy of Williams' character caliber. Because as I know from being a Nets fan, if you can ever pick up a former first rounder for cheap, and it's different in basketball than it is in football, but if you can ever get a first rounder at a lower value, you take that shot and see what you can do with them. But at this position, it doesn't make sense to me. So I, I don't know what you're thinking. Yeah, no, I just I don't think that it's smart. I don't necessarily know what they were thinking going into this because, like you said, it's a logjam. And yeah. I'm used to that because the Knicks also have a ton of random big men. <laughs> they don't know what to do with. Hey, at I, least they got their first win. That's facts. Shout out the Knicks beating yeah. the Bulls. There you go. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I don't know what the Giants are doing either. Like, as much as I absolutely hated on the Jets there, Giants have been making some questionable moves too. And really, since the Saquon pick, there have been some questionable moves. Um, that pick in its own right has its own questions. Right. And I think, personally, that we should not have been so rash to trade away so much of our team and maybe just let it kind of work out and get our quarterback before deciding what to do with that. I think that... If we still had Odell, yes, he's a problem in the locker room, but mm. put that aside. If we're winning, I think he's happy. We have Odell. I think our defensive players, we keep them. Like, I think this is a good team. I think it's a better team than it is currently. I mean, I, it's tough because the thing we've been missing is inside linebackers or just linebackers in general. And we had a really good one in Ryan Connolly at the start of the season, and sadly he got hurt. I mean, the dude was like a sixth-round pick, and he was yeah. proving to be a lot more than that. Hopefully he can come back to full health next year and be that guy. But in the meantime, we never had a linebacker that could do that job, even when we paid like $200 million for those four defensive players. And sure, JPP was awesome for us and slowly started to decline, and we got rid of him as, you know, I mean, he's been dealing with injuries his whole career since the July 4th incident, of course, but just came back for the Buccaneers, got a sack. That's great, but I just think he was overpaid and it was right to get rid of him. I think it was right to get rid of Snacks. Apparently, he's not having a great year this year after his first of the lines was good. <laughs> Based upon my Madden franchise where I do have Snacks, I would say that is a great move. Okay. Snacks is just not doing it for me. Yeah, and then Olivier Vernon, we got to move in the... Um, that was in... It was in the two Browns trades. I believe that one was for... Uh, Kevin Zietler, the guard, uh, which, I, I mean, I'd rather have an offensive lineman than an aging uh, outside linebacker. So I say I'm cool with the moves Gettleman's made in that regard. I'm not sure how I feel about this specific trade. I'm going to wait on it. And I, I just think he's got to understand that we're rebuilding. And if he thinks he saw an opportunity to have a long-term defensive tackle here, that's great. But the fact that we had two long-term like locks in Lawrence and Tomlinson makes me really scratch my head to this, considering we also have B.J. Hill. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not super happy about it, but and neither is Mike Francesa, clearly. But we'll see. Uh, I'm excited to at least watch him play this week because, again, he's a first-round talent. And whether he was quiet, maybe that's because – he was getting double teamed because no one else on the Jets could rush the pass until they picked up Quinn and Williams. So we'll see. Also, yeah. I this is just throwing in. I feel like every Giants game I've watched with Daniel Jones, really, besides the wins, have been the exact same game. And that's not anything to discredit Daniel Jones. I think he's been pretty good this year. But it's like other team goes up two scores, start the game. We bounce back before half, get within one. We get very close after the half. 
it's a game in the fourth. We lose it late kind of big. That's how it's been every single week. I'm not disappointed in it because obviously it's kind of a rebuild effort, but I don't know. After a while, it gets a little tiring. It's like watching the Knicks blow away a lead in the third quarter. Bro, it's how I feel about the Nets because all three games they've had have been really close, and they've lost two of the three on free throws. So I well, it's I don't been know. tough. Were the free throws like the last yes. points of the game? Mm-hmm. In one uh, case, they were. That, that Jared Allen true. missed two free throws that would have given us the lead in the Timberwolves game. So we. You know, that set that up. Well, and then Joe Harris, they missed a foul call there. And we also had free throws before that by, I think, Dinwiddie. Honestly, that, like, you know. I don't like to pinpoint games having been lost on free I mean, throws. I could pinpoint, pinpoint stuff from that final game. Um, the one I literally just watched against the Grizzlies, where John Morant looked awesome. But they should never have gone to overtime. They missed two foul calls or two blown calls one was a missed foul the other was jaron jackson caught a rebound on the fucking excuse me can't you challenge it <laughs> on, can't on, you challenge it and that's the problem because kenny Atkinson didn't challenge it. exactly wow i've i don't know so your problem here is your coaching because you should oh, be challenging no. these calls it's a new rule you've broken it's a new me league. you've broken me and especially now when they're trying Ooh. it out that's when i think you oh, get these no. calls it's a big touted team with a star player in Kyrie, and they just miss them dude they're they getting these big them. games if they miss it's a them, new thing the challenge is a new thing he doesn't know that's about it. he's you gotta do learn it that's yeah, when you do it before does. the expectation is set yeah for what is being called right or wrong or, or what's a blown call or not so i think that's the problem honestly i don't think free throws are necessarily it i mean free well, throws are, well but free throws are such a marginal part to the game and there's also increased pressure as the game goes on there is that it's not just blame upon them like Earlier in the game, if they had a bigger lead, they should have kept the lead. Like, same thing, even though they beat the Knicks, like, mm. that's on them for blowing that lead mm. and then having to play up pretty late, yeah. you know? Like, it's not just, I don't think, free throws. Well. I think a lot of the game goes into it. It does. It does. It does. I don't really want to talk about that anymore. I'm still happy with this season. Actually, I know it's your turn, but I'm going to lobby this final quote that I have mm. here. I look at Blank as somebody who is an artist. You have to leave him alone. You know what'll, what he'll bring to the table every night because he cares so much about the game. So, how he gets to the point to be ready for 7.30 every night, I'm supporting him 100%. This is Kevin Durant on Kyrie Irving. Correct. And... Did you well, read the article? Did you read yes, the article? Yes, I read the article. Okay. Of course I read the article because... Thank you, because I don't think anyone else have No one to. did. Yeah. I could tell no one did based yeah. upon everything that was tweeted slash mentioned about it because it wasn't necessarily anything negative i did have i think i had a couple takeaways from it okay um, i mean so did i but yeah I my the big thing i noticed was i Kyrie was Kyrie is Kyrie and he's going to be Kyrie. that was nothing new to me the fact that yeah. he had these weird musing things i think it's just something that him and the team need to work out because because this was a young inexperienced team they needed to set this rigid structure in place right and now that the young guys are more developed and play on a higher caliber and now you have these veteran guys this is the type of stuff where you need that veteran leadership to take over and do these things through them mm. you don't necessarily need the team to step in and make sure everyone's on this regimented track especially when you have these stars okay. or at least set these rule limits and then maybe have certain exceptions for players that are, you know, not three years into the league. Or we something. want everyone to be part of the team, too, so that I, can cause problems as I, well. I get that, but it's just you can't have a guy that's a star like KD or Kyrie and then expect them to, I don't know, completely abandon the routine and the 
efforts they have been making to keep their body in check and keep their game in check for all these years, for professional, for college, all these years now, and just completely kind of change that, it's not yeah. going to work. But KD said it's about meeting halfway, and he's willing to meet That's halfway. That's Kevin Durant. Yeah. Kyrie and, Irving is not meeting halfway. And you know what? I think, first of all, KD, I wish he was the one healthy right now because if he met halfway and just worked that way, yeah. Kyrie would follow suit. And, and that's what I was going to say was my main takeaway was that I was impressed that Kevin Durant is getting shots up in the gym. He's, like, attended everything for the Nets. He just, he has, and he just doesn't want to rush back, and I don't want him to rush back mm-hmm. because I would be so upset if he came in at the end of the season and maybe we were making a playoff push and, like, we really need him to – maybe this is our year and we don't want to miss out on that. And then he gets hurt again, and the rest of the contract is a bust. Maybe he never plays again. I would just rather see him come in in 2020, and while it's going to take a lot of patience for the entire fan base to wait on, the entire NBA fan base, because KD is a draw, you know? Definitely. But, but I just don't want to see him get hurt. I would rather see a fully healthy And honestly, year. I would rather see Kevin Durant playing this year than Kyrie. I don't think he would hit. I know, that's a different question. The way that, I agree. The I way that Kevin that. Durant has been handling the issues and, and the organization as a whole has been very professional very high level. I think he's been doing a great job with the Nets so far. Granted, he has not played a game yet. Mm. It's easy to say these things when you're not getting caught up in losses every single night. And, you know, getting when you're a player of that caliber, you expect the ball in your hands. Right. That's something that him and Kyrie are going to have to work out. Because, again, even in the Cavs final, it was Kyrie taking that last shot, not LeBron. There's a lot of stuff to work out in terms of the dynamic between KD and Kyrie. And I think... I honestly think it's a relationship that this this whole DeAndre Jordan, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving relationship, framing it as almost like Banana Boat 2 to me, I did not like because it felt very forced. There's a difference between, you know, LeBron and D-Wade and that whole draft class, you know? They, they came up together through this whole thing and there, there was, you know playing together in the past, and then they became these great friends and everything. Mm. It, this is different. This is a forced banana boat. No. I think it's completely forced. No. I think it's completely forced. They've talked about this for years. I, I do All not buy that. All three of on the USA squad. That's just... I do did not, you read the article? Yes, I did, and I they do not buy it. That I do I, not buy it. I fully do not buy it the way that it was presented. You don't buy what they said. I don't buy this... It, what, it what just don't didn't, you buy? It what didn't don't you feel buy? like a genuine friendship relationship the way that LeBron and Banana Boat does. It doesn't feel like they're that. both way more reserved than LeBron is. He's gonna I, throw Taco Tuesday in your face. He's gonna throw the banana boat in your face. I understand that. He's gonna, you know. I understand that, but I just do not think that these guys, first of all, work as friends. I don't. How do you know that? I mean, they play together with USA. They're the type. They're literally the type of players that do not bode well with these other type of players. It's why Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook didn't work out. I think Kyrie is very similar in personality to that kind of crew. I'm not saying I mean, he's the same as Russell Westbrook, but I think it's it, – though I'm just – I'm saying that I didn't necessarily hate what the article was saying. I was hating the framing of this relationship, making right. it like it, this, this banana boat squad that was years in the making. I do not think it was years in the making. You can muse on a boat trip about yeah. playing on the same team together. That was not happening when Kevin Durant was going for his first – ring with the Warriors. That was not happening you know when what Kyrie was happening, Irving was playing was, on the Caps. Though. The same way that the banana boat worked, in my opinion, and how I think I see it, is that Katie and Kyrie are saying, you know how fun it would be to team up one day. 
And that's how it started. That was at the 2016 USA. That's how it started. And in 2018, when Kyrie wasn't happy with the Celtics and KD had an expiring contract with the Warriors, doesn't mean he wasn't happy yet. Nothing had happened with Draymond or anything yet. That's just all behind the scenes. And they say, you know what? We have expiring contracts. We're going to be free agents. We can make this happen. That's DeAndre fair. Jordan. That's you know, he's fair. Like, we can make this happen. And that's fair. And that's something that you can talk about when you're hanging out on vacation somewhere. But the framing of the article, it to me, it sounded like they were best friends in a group chat talking about this every single day, saying that they want to be on the same team together. They could have been. I don't think that's how it went down, though. I really don't. I mean, I really don't. Similarly, the Nets denied the fact that they even had issues with Kyrie's double personality. Yeah, and I've read that. And, and so if I, you're denying one half of the article, and, and I'm, I'm not denying, yeah. I'm not denying yeah, anything yeah, the article yeah, yeah. said. Right. I don't like the necessary framing. I got I, it. To me, it read as if they were stretching it a bit. I got you. To kind of make it seem like this, like. To me, it seemed like they were trying for Banana Boat 2 when... Mm. And ESPN might have been. Yeah. The they, sequel. They probably were Banana Boat 2, the sequel. If you look at it from a media perspective, they might have been. And if you look at it from the players, though, I'm telling you that I think they have been planning this for a year I, or two. Yes, and they could have been planning it, but I think planning it to the extent of mentioning it, mentioning it when they were hanging out together, whether it was with the Olympics, whether it was on vacation, whatever. Yeah. And I think it's just dropping it and musing about it. I'm sure as it got closer they were, but I do not think that this whole narrative was them, you know, wishing and praying and hoping that, well, th- that this was the outcome, you know? Like, I just think that it happened to work up, it happened to line up, and it was something that they, yes, had been interested in yeah, for a while. Well, But I just didn't like the way that it framed that whole thing. And, and my other big standout that I mentioned was that Kevin Durant hasn't played a game yet and it's easier to say these things now. Right, that's fair. The other thing, though, isn't Banana Boat, LeBron, D-Wade, Chris Paul, and, yeah. and Carmelo? So yeah. only two of them played together. Yeah, but so it's, Melo was in know. that draft class. With, the, true, true. They, they were no, the they top were. three. Right, so. right, right. And then Chris Bosh was in that draft class, yeah. so you put him in instead of Chris exactly. Paul. Sure. But in terms of, like, the Banana Boat probably does have a group chat, that's about, like, their families being friends and them doing stuff in the offseason. If these guys had a group chat, they probably were saying... And not every day, like, like I agree with that. I, I don't see that being possible. But as it got nearer, I think there was definitely well, I'm sure as it got, tampering. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> as it got nearer, and they had a plan. I mean, I just I don't think it. I also don't see them that. This is my main problem with it is I don't see this as some like true genuine friendship the way I look at Dwayne Wade and LeBron James and Carmelo again Anthony. there's so much more outgoing there's different ways of I, like expressing I, that I, I, you I haven't that. seen the two of them on the floor together yet and I get that and I get that but the way it, it's not just LeBron promoting it I mean like no, Dwayne no. Wade Chris Paul all of them they're known for that friendship yeah that friendship is key I do not see that friendship that liking of one another the same way remotely the same way even that in Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Remember that it's LeBron and everything is thrown in your face and it's LeBron. But it's Kevin Durant too now. And Kevin Durant's just as big as a media image as LeBron. He's so much more reserved too. And so Like definitely. It's different personalities. Definitely. But I just think the media's framing of this article was making them out to be these best friends Mm -hmm. when I do not think that was the case at all. I mean, we'll have to see. I think they they can be friends. I I think that they could have been very friendly. I think now now they could be, yes, for sure, because they're on the same team. Yeah. And I still don't think they're banana boat level. And yes, that can be different personalities and relationships, but 
I just think that this was sold off as being some kind of like true, genuine, like passionate friendship <laughs> when I just did not get that at all. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and this isn't me as a Knicks fan no, hating I, I, on it because I, I, if this was, you know, a Knicks article about Kevin Durant and Kyrie, it's still the framing of it that bothered me, not necessarily the content. It was the framing yeah. that was kind of whack. Yeah. I mean, my only concern with it was actually the whole Kyrie quote that got blown out of proportion well, as a tweet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's why I read it too. But when I even saw like the article's actual headline, it was like KD, Kyrie, and the creation of the 2019 Nets or something. That is so much different than the tweets, which was Nets are concerned about Kyrie Irving's personality. It's like, that's not what it is. But like, need- sure, it's a little concerning. We have to deal with that. But the dude's been on the team for three games. It's not that this is a new thing. Like, and the, uh, it's so frustrating. No, but the funny thing is, is I've lived through this before a million times with the Knicks. Mm. Now, the Nets have taken themselves to be a comparable team to the Knicks. I'm agreeing to that. They are a comparable team in New York. They now are getting those looks. They now are having that budget. Now New York media is going to be all, all over them. Understood. Understood. And that's what yeah. this is. That was that was actually what I remember. My other takeaway was that welcome to Brooklyn. Yeah. Welcome to New York. Welcome to yeah. New York. This is what media is like. Oh, facts. I mean. And th- that's why, and I want to ask you, are you worried? Because if these media things keep coming out, I'm not saying this one. I'm saying in the future, if things start looking a little rough, if and funny how this happens literally after the Nets take a couple of yeah, first yeah, loss. Of course, of course. I could, I guarantee you, even though this it was about not, something that happened before exactly. the season started. And I guarantee yeah. you, if these wins had come quicker and they had, let's say, they had a perfect record right now, mm. you're not hearing this spin on it at all. Well, I don't think so. I think regardless of our record, you're hearing somebody quote that, and someone's gonna say, like, "Hey, look at this quote about." Nets, they're nauseous or something about Kyrie. I forget what the quote was exactly. It was ridiculous. And I just, I I get what you're saying. And I get that the New York media is ruthless. And I get that firsthand because I'm also a Yankees fan. I'm also a Giants fan. Um, And my other thought there is this team was moving that way already and just didn't really have the head case last year as they made the playoffs and had one of the best seasons in franchise history, and all you could talk about was D'Angelo Russell used to be a snitch on the Lakers or something, and that was it. Now there are personalities that can be picked apart and bigger names that will draw in more clicks like this headline did today. So for that reason, I guess I'm concerned, but I did see one tweet from a Nets fan who was like, or not a Nets fan, like a Nets journalist, who said uh, players are all actively denying any of this, and if anything, this article could help bring them together. So to take a positive spin on that for my side, I'm with that. But in general, I just yeah, don't I, but, I don't feel worried but yet. What, but what I would be worried about is that if more articles like this come out. Which they, ju- they just And will. they will. Yeah. And, and New York media is going to do this. My question is, you have these guys, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, who have had problems with the media. That's true. How and we much talked of, about this. And we talked about this before this, they even signed. Yes. How much of this, and this was an issue that I was worried about if yeah. the Knicks were to get them. Like, how long does it last before this gets to either one of them and breaks up some sort of chemistry, some sort of anything? I. That's the other thing is that because of this non, 
to me, not as genuine friendship as, say, Dwayne Wade LeBron. I don't think the media really could have gotten in between them. But I think Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are two guys where, like, something wrong is said, something is worded the wrong way, and one of them doesn't yeah. give the right answer. Yeah, I mean, it's a very big problem. They passed the first test because Katie immediately came to Kyrie's defense, even in the article. Which even in the article before it blew out of proportion, he came there. And that's why I do think there's a friendship here that just hasn't been covered before. Because this is the first article we're really reading going in depth about Katie and Kyrie's relationship off mm-hmm. the court. So with all that, I, I, I'm not worried yet. I get what you're saying and I agree I'm, with you. Honestly, the time I'm most worried is when they're both on the court together. I mean, we'll see. I think that's together. when we're going to be best. I just... That's I, when we'll have I the think, most talent. No, no, no. Yeah. I think that's when you have the most talent. I think that's when you get the most wins. I think that's when you have the re- most real chance at a ring. But yeah, that's when I am also most terrified of the media. For sure. Especially if they're doing well. Because, I mean, they'll tear them apart regardless. That's how sports media works, especially in New York. My final point on this would be Kyrie has said for a while now that he wanted to be a net that this is the team he wants to be with and yes he's told the celtics he wanted to re-sign with them a year ago and look where he is now i get that but it seems like there's something different here i know that this is something that any sports fan will say about a dysfunctional locker room presence or whatnot but i just feel like he really wants to be on this team and because of that he's going to be a bit better with this kind of criticism and the nets front office whether their routine for training their players is going to stick or not with these stars, they're great at deflecting as well. These are all people who came from the Spurs. And do you think the Spurs, when they were winning their championships, were getting targeted left and right by the media? To be honest, they were. We just didn't oh, hear it firsthand. It's San they Antonio. Were. It's not New York. It may be, but it's Texas a, it's is just a, a huge market. For sure. And they were on top of the world for years. It's I know, but Regar- well, San Antonio you, is any, different. The other thing, do you not remember any news stories about them? Because the front office is just so good at keeping everything in-house. That's the first thing that I thought when I read this article was... Nets don't leak anything. The Nets just don't. They wait till it's been, you know, officially signed to report a contract. That's why KD couldn't announce anything till six oh one. I think Kyrie was just a good guess, you know. I and they don't they don't leak anything. That's I, why the queasy I, remark. That's what it was. I just thought that was BS. It, they didn't say that, and that's why they denied it actively. And I think that's different, to be honest, from the Knicks who have Dolan at the head, who says any PR is good PR. Leak this. Uh, that's how I see it. I don't know if that's necessarily well, true on the next Dolan, Dolan doesn't honestly necessarily like get to talk much. He his influence. But I'm not saying Sean Marks or the owner. We're not hearing anything from Joe yeah. Sy. You know, it's just I, it's different. And I think and I think maybe the case in the past, um, Dolan may have lent himself to those tendencies. But I think he has a lot smarter people around him now in the front office where they kind of know that. They better. That's I mean, not the case. They better. I, I think that they've made some fairly good front office decisions since uh, the Neil Aquina pick, which wasn't even their pick, really. That, right. was, that was Phil Jackson trying not to true. work some triangle. And really the only thing Phil Jackson brought was Kristaps. I still don't love the Porzingis trade. That's something for a different day. I just don't think they've gotten max value out of the guys they've brought back. And they could have gotten more. but Because I just don't think they were forced to trade. And then that, we can cover that later. It is 8 o'clock. Not that we're being rushed out of here. We also start a little late. So Do we have one more? Uh, you do have one more quote. I've done one. my three. All right, I'll make it quick then. Let's we'll do it, yeah. this. Last football quote of the night. Uh, tell me who it is right. and who said it. 
Obviously, I have some history with Blank. I think he's a really good player. We had an opportunity to acquire him and some draft capital, so we felt like that was the best move for us. Key things here are history, uh, draft capital. Um. Huh. Okay. History and draft capital. History and draft capital. I mean, and I, I'll let, it's a coach, not a player saying it. There's just one major trade I'm thinking of. And also, I think I've won the episode already, so even though I was trying for the perfect game today, I'm thinking, I don't know, I, I, I'm going to go with Sean McVay about Jalen Ramsey. No, it is actually Aqib Tlaib. Um, yeah. And that's Brian Flores saying that. Quote. Interesting. Okay, because they were both of the Pats. Yes. That trade was weird to me because I'm yeah, instantly, <laughs> yeah, instantly I thought this is a cap, a salary dump. Yeah, because and I'm pretty sure for the most part it, it is because was. they got Talib and the better of the two picks. I mm-hmm. think I think they have a current fifth coming their way, and they said they're giving up a late round future pick, which makes me think it's not determined whether it's fifth, sixth, or seventh. Regardless, you're winning value there, so you're clearly taking something on. I think they had to. Uh, the Rams, that is, had to clear salary, and they dumped it onto the Dolphins. And yes, there is uh, Xavier Howard. I think got hurt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so Tlaib can just fill in. Yeah. Well, Tlaib can just fill in, and then when you get Howard back, I think that's a kind mentor, of a, maybe. Yeah, but even the pairing isn't. It's a good awful. pairing, but you're not trying to win. We're not trying to win. I hope they're not. No, no, by no means. Yeah. But it is a good look to see get to leave some time now. Decide True. if you pursue him in the offseason and you know, yeah, actually sign him again. I don't know. I, I thought it was an interesting move. I don't necessarily think it's a bad move No, uh, for the Dolphins. I think it's a win-win depending on how much cap the Dolphins have to take on. Because yeah. trading the NFL is weird. There's dead cap. It's not something that happens in the NBA or the MLB where like you're just forced to take on money. That's why the Giants are still paying for Odell and those kinds of moves. Because when you trade a player, you're not necessarily trading all of their money away. So, depending on that, it would determine the winner and loser for me here. Right now, I just consider it a win-win because the Rams clear some capital to sign Jalen Ramsey soon, which is going to be crazy. And the Dolphins get another pick because they need any young player they can get at this point. And it keeps the leap, who I think really just offers mentorship. I don't see him sticking around too long. Maybe he's got one more one-year contract left in him, but we'll see. I I think this was... A sound trade. Uh, one of the few win-wins that we've really seen. That and then the Rams-Jaguars, the Jalen Ramsey trade that I'm talking about, I think was a win-win as well. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I think that's really my only takeaway from that trade. Yeah. No, same. I I just kind of thought it was like the only real big trade of the um, the day. It was. Up to so day, yeah. I figured we should touch on it. For sure. So... Yeah, I mean, that covers our little trade deadline edition with, of course, some Knicks and Nets discussion because we've got to sprinkle that in each week. You know us, we're homers, as Mr. Matson told us that one time. But yeah, thank you so very much for, for listening to us again this week. We had some technical difficulties on our side if you were listening live, but... Um, uh, you know, hopefully it sounds all good on this episode. We also were missing the uh, microphone today. I may or may not have slipped in the middle of the episode. Maybe Coleman's going to edit that. Maybe not. You'll see. 
Uh, I might sound dumb talking right now. I will edit it. We'll we'll see. Regardless, yeah, because Coleman just broke me in the middle of the episode. Yeah, it was a fun one, and uh, we'll see you again next week. (laughs) All right, see you guys. Peace out. Touching hands.